a new year. And the media always like to trot out the best of award shows and retrospective looks back. Okay, we're players. We'll play too. For the next hour, from the press box to press row, we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of our short time on the air. And because he's sitting behind the good mic in a custom-fit blazer, here's your host, Donald Ware. I'm on the dangerous. Ain't no... Happy New Year as 2021 is finally here. We have put 2020 behind us, but we still must continue to be safe. We put the year behind us, but not the virus. Even though the vaccine is here, we still must continue to be safe. Welcome to another edition of Botch to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. This is part two of our year-end review show, our annual your end review show here on the program. We're going to take a look back at the months or listen back at the months of July through December on today's program. Some of our most memorable conversations from July through December today on the program. And as a matter of fact, maybe there's a conversation or uh, a special moment you remember from 2020, as it relates to Box to Row, you can hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X, the number two R O W. You can share that with us on today's program. Also on my personal Twitter account at DWare1, at DWare1, and on my personal Instagram account at WareDonald. Let's get things started in July. And Kara Lawson became the first black woman to be the head women's basketball coach at Duke. And I had a chance to talk with her about what that means to her. I will tell you in this time in our country, you know, to read that I'm the first black basketball coach at Duke University, um, it, it it means something a little different. You know now, and and I don't know if that's just because of where we are right now in terms of social unrest and in terms of you know the quest for equality. Um, but it, it 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 did mean a little extra to me um, to to read that. I was not aware of that, and uh, that's something that um, I'm I'm very proud of, and that's something that I hope uh, the black community is very proud of, and uh, certainly Durham, uh, state of North Carolina. And uh, where I'm from uh, in, in Washington, D.C., um, I hope the community is very proud of, of that. Duke head women's basketball coach Kara Lawson. Continuing in the month of July, one of the greatest UFC fighters in history, Daniel Cormier, joined us on the program. He had the upcoming bout against Stipe Miocic and talked with him about not only that fight, but ultimately about his legacy. Anticipate that, but if there's like a no contest no. or something, you're not coming back at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, no contest don't happen very often. Yeah, or, so yeah. I would hope it's not a no contest. We want some closure to this thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel confident with what my career has been. Um, I feel, I feel comfortable with uh, what my career has been. And, uh, you know, this is it on August. You know, 15th, I'm fine with that. Cormier ultimately lost that bout. But again, he says he's fine with where he is and uh, at least plans 
to stay retired. Let's move to the month of August, and we had a chance to catch up with John Calipari, the head men's basketball coach at Kentucky State. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, we he, he was on the call uh, along with the commissioner of the SIAC, Greg Moore. And, I mean, I don't know where to start. Let's see what we have queued up because, you know, when you're talking with John Calipari, uh, a lot is going to be said. So uh, let's take an excerpt of what John Calipari had to say when he appeared on Box to Row. Your two top uh, coaches are black coaches. So can you sort of speak to that as one that um, really is one who is walking the walk? Well, first of all, when you say that, Donnell, we also have a weight strength coach. We also have a trainer. We also have video. Uh, 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 we have secretaries. We have personal assistants. We do have assistant coaches. But I probably oversee 15 positions. The question, first of all, is how does your own house look? Right. And I know what my house has looked like for 20 years. That's right. Um, so it starts in your own house. But let me say this, I've been this way for this long because, and my wife and I know this, and I said this over and over, the only reason I've had any success, the only reason, Donnell, you know me, the only reason is because African-American families have entrusted me with their sons. That's it. No, I'm not sitting here, or you're not talking to me. And if I think that it's about me and what I've been able to do, then I got this backwards. So this initiative came from, and, and I'll be honest with you, it started like, we, Greg, we were just going to do this on Kentucky's campus. Sure. I was going to invest the money, and we were going to have eight of these positions. And all of a sudden, we looked and said, this could be scalable. Where could we house it? The John McClendon Fund, which is in NACTA, which is in the Athletic Directors Association. And John McClendon Fund has been... Uh, in existence for a while, this initiative will be housed under it in a different way. But, you know, I, I get it. I see it. I know it. And now the question is, aren't we all tired of talk? John Calipari endowed a McClendon scholarship to North Carolina Central. And that's the reason, uh, one of the reasons we were able to catch up with Kentucky head men's basketball coach, John Calipari sticking with the month of August. We had a chance to catch up with LA Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts on the program, had a phenomenal conversation with Dave Roberts. Uh, Jackie Robinson, the first black player in major league baseball broke the color barrier in 1947 to be the manager, a person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I think the first thing that comes to me is uh, responsibility. Um, I think that, you know, in light of what's what's happened in the last, obviously in decades in our country, last, you know, decades but and years, but, you know, in re, with recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that have really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first man, manager of color for the Dodgers and there's not many of us in baseball, and right now it's Dusty and I, um, to do things the right way, to hopefully 
give others, other people of color opportunities and really relevant opportunities in baseball. So I think that for me to do things the right way um, with respect to the game and and the players and and front office and ownership groups and media, hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, of course, the Dodgers ultimately went on to win the World Series. Lastly, in December... Takuma Sato won the Indianapolis 500 for the second time in three years, and he joined us here on Box to Row to talk about it. Well, I mean, means a lot. Um, it's what an amazing day we had at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, obviously, from my personal achievement point of view, yes, it's great, but that's that's small compared to. Uh, what the bigger picture is, because first, I think we should be appreciate even just we raced, because obviously some difficulty all over the world, and there's a lot of athletes on different fields, you know, it's not even have the field to, to, to perform. So the racing is the one thing is great. And then and secondly, um, of course, I was finally be able to bring my beautiful number 30 Panasonic People Ready car, putting on the uh, winner circle for Indianapolis Motor Speedway at 500, in front of three big owners, who is, of course, Bobby Rejo and David Letterman and uh, Mike Lanningham. Because they gave me opportunity to 2012 and uh, lap 199 with Darian Frankiti, um, basically, simply, I couldn't make it happen uh, for these boys, uh, these owners. Finally, I was to bring it to the uh, give back. Uh, so what a beautiful moment for the entire team. And that was just my biggest happiness point. On the other side of this break, we're taking a look at the months of September through December. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Robert Covington with the Portland Trailblazers. What was it like playing with James Harden? How can I say? People seeing how, how it was. He had the ball in the hands majority of the time. You know, we just had to you know, play off of him and the end, you know, just kind of keep everything, keep everything together. Yeah. Kind of keep everything together. Uh, it, was a, it was a unique situation with him and Russ. And, you know, all the pieces were small ball, so there was a lot of different dynamics that played into it. It was very successful for us for a while, but, you know, the team started to catch on to it. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Yeah, when they say they doing out, it's not it. I'm in the trenches, relax. Can you not pet a boy in the club? Because we do not listen to rest. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. And we're getting ready to take a look back at some of our listen back and some of our most memorable interviews from September through December. Just a reminder, most if not all of these interviews can be heard on our website, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also on our YouTube page, Google BoxToRow on YouTube, and you can hear all of these interviews and a whole lot more. Got great t- content on our YouTube page and at Radio-Boss.com and BoxToRow.com. Moving on to September, had 
on the program, one of the winningest basketball coaches in college basketball history, Roy Williams, the head men's basketball coach at UNC's won three national championships, and he joined us again back in September here on Botch to Row. Well, you know, these are tough times, and these are times which uh, you have to show the young men that you understand what's going on and you feel for them and you feel for the African-American population and the police brutality and the racial injustice issues. And it's something that I've felt very strongly about for many, many years. And and I think, you know, I just did the opening, but uh, uh, everybody was so involved and so eager to be involved i thought it was a powerful message and but i think it's something that we need to continue doing we need to continue uh focusing on the problems that we have there and not just make a statement and back up and never do anything else unc head men's basketball coach roy williams here on botch to row back in september continuing in the month of september John David Washington, actor John David Washington, son of Denzel Washington, joined us here on Botch to Row. And one of the first questions I asked him is what he remembered most about his days at Morehouse. Um, fried chicken Wednesdays with the hot sauce. <laughs> hey, we know about that, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, well, but then... What also blew my mind was when Spelman's Fried Chicken Day, they had better fried chicken than we did. So their cafeteria was just hidden. So I used to love, like, like Fried Chicken Wednesdays. It was the best. We talked about a lot more than that. Talked about his football days, which he was a great running back at Morehouse. But again, John David Washington joining us in the month of September. Rounding out the month of September, Steelers linebacker Devin Bush joined us right here on Box to Row. I know you don't remember. Like, they won the Super Bowl that year. It was at 99. Like, I know you don't remember that, but I'm sure he tells you plenty of stories about that. Yeah, for sure. He has a Mercedes Benz to show off for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does he tell? What kind of advice has he given you over the time, obviously, with him uh, playing in the National Football League? Yeah, um, the biggest thing he, he always preaches to me is, you know, you, you never get the time back and, and how fast it went for him and how, how much fun he had and how, you know, it was it was a dream come true for him. You know, he's he's just letting me know uh, the things to expect and how to go about your business, and you know, um, you know, just having fun with it. You know, his school was Florida State. Uh, you guys were right there. You opted to go to Michigan. Did he did he give you some flack about that? Uh, nah, but my mom did. My mom was uh, Florida <laughs> State. She was she was pretty not happy about that a little bit. You know, she kind of wanted me to go to Florida State. Um, but, you know, she ended up loving Michigan. It still is a, a fan to this day. You know, watches a lot of that game. Devin Bush ultimately got hurt out for the season. It's affected that Steelers defense immensely. He looks to come back strong and healthy in 2021. We move to October. Omari Hardwick, or actor Omari Hardwick, joined us on the program. Boy, I tell you what, we talked about so many things. It was unbelievable. It was a great conversation. Of course, we had to talk some sports, talk some HBCUs also on the program. You know, it would be interesting. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it, and all within the last three weeks you both are commenting on it, then it then it really does speak to something. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know, so we're, you know, I, I know I'm in good well, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> of 
Honestly, I did the uh, shout outs to Howard University. I did their uh, first ever epic 2020 um, homecoming, virtual homecoming. You know, I got number love for for HBCU. Always will. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, you know, I wonder. It'd have been nice if you had come a little bit up the road from Furman to maybe South <laughs> Carolina State. Got a good program. You know what I'm saying, Omari? At Furman, we played them. Yeah. That was. That was one of the more competitive games, of course. They got it in, bro. I had a great game that game, too. But they, had some, <laughs> they had some receivers, bro. They had some, you know. And in high school, I was both, you know, running back and DB. But coaches always say it's hard to find great DBs, right? It's hard to find a guy that can backpedal and naturally turn with someone going that fast forward. So, of course, it became DB in college. But South Carolina State ain't nothing to slouch. Ain't nothing to slouch, bro. Talk to me. That's right. Absolutely. Omari Hardwick joining us. On Botch Throw back in October. Continuing in the month of October, had a chance to catch up with actor, producer, director Tim Reed, a graduate of Norfolk State, of course, played Frank's Place, WKRP in Cincinnati, et cetera, et cetera. Talked about his days at Norfolk State. One of my mentors who, even after graduation, I stayed involved with uh, the late. Uh, Harrison Wilson, whose grandson plays for the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, Russell. And uh, yeah, and his grandfather was an incredible man, and he was the president of, of the university for 25 years. So after I graduated, I would come back occasionally, and he grabbed me one day and said, "Hey, you got to show us. You know, you you got a lot from here. We're expecting a lot of you. I want you to put together a program and bring some of your Hollywood friends out here." And that started something that went on for 20 years, and that was a celebrity weekend that everybody that you can think of from Hollywood and sports came, from Ali to everybody came. I mean, the whole cast of, of Fresh Prince, uh, whole, I mean, it, it just was unbelievable. We raised a lot of money, which probably paid for about 140 kids to go through uh, school over those 20 years. Actor, producer, director, Tim Reed. Continuing in the month of October, we were joined by Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton joined us in the month of October, and I asked him a question about his faith. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, we can look at the incidences in our lives and our knockdowns, and, and we can look at them as curses, or we can look at them as unique blessings. And and honestly, I you know, I, you know, I had a childhood illness. Uh, I was in and out of hospitals for four years. Um, you know, I had cancer. Um, you know, I lost my mom at a very young age uh, to cancer. And, you know, I look back on all those kind of sort of devastations. And, um, you know, each one of them, you know, really uh, directed my or redirected my path in order to me to allow me to really get in touch with, you know, where I should be, where I need to be, where I, you know. And so, you know, with with cancer, you know, I wouldn't have the, the wife and family I have right now had it not been for my cancer. I can totally attribute it to that. You know, I never would have found the best part of my character, you know, and, and I, I mean, I want my mom back. Um, but, you know, I realized, you know, that in, in her passing that I could try to become the person that she always wanted me to be. And, you know, with each brain tumor, it's had a different identity. The first one really ignited my faith. You know, I told my wife, you know, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do is, she says, what's going on? I go, I have a brain tumor. And she, without even hesitation, just grabbed both my hands and started to pray. And it was in that moment that I realized um, where everything, where I take everything. 
you know, and, and, you know, the second brain tumor felt like a little bit of a kick in the gut. But the third one really was um, fascinating because, you know, the whole time they're telling me it's back and, you know, here's blah, blah, you know, they, I, all I could hear was blah, 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 blah. Because in the back of my mind, all I heard was get strong, get strong. And I, I didn't understand what that meant at the time. It was like, do I get strong physically or emotionally or intellectually or um, spiritually? And, and so in that, I kind of chose E, all the above, <laughs> you know, and, and I just decided to, you know, really be intentional about getting strong, you know, really trying to be emotionally strong, trying to be interested in, in growing my understanding of what's going on around me, and at the same time, really diving into my faith, and it's been an empowering thing, and I, you know, and again, those are kind of the, the four pillars of this Live Your Days platform are, you know, physical, emotional, um, intellectual, and spiritual, and, and it's like you're sitting on a chair, and if any of those four legs, any one of those four legs are missing, you're probably going to fall down, so... We really want to encourage people and give them, you know, what they need in order to recognize all they have to draw on to live quality lives and to, you know, live their days, live their days, you know, authentically and joyfully and abundantly. And, and uh, you know, it just felt like the right time to really present all of this. Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton joining us on the program. It's our 2020 year-end review show here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware, let's step aside, take a break, come back with the month of October on the other side. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to shoot for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most? most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble, you know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience. And I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression. And that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen. And people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult. And I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Akilah memory out their head, but realizing Akilah also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the sweet hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That the voice, of course, of T.I., it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. 
Well, like <laughs> You know what I mean? We gotta hey 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 look man, we gotta we gotta hold it down so we can so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN college sports analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was uh, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty and it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. It's, there's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I've run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women like feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, your football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I cheered in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State? University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought the awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio.
We're back here on Box Road to our 2020 year-end review show. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Hope you're enjoying our 2020 Listen Back. So, continuing in the month of October, it's a big month for us. Legendary coach Rod Broadway, head football coach at North Carolina Central Grambling and North Carolina A&T, won HBCU National Championships with all three, joined us on the program back in October, and we had an absolutely candid conversation. So, you know, a lot of a lot of black coaches, uh, head coaches, et cetera, um, have not gotten the opportunity. We, and you can look at it today like you, you look at the, you know, the FBS level and, and, and there, I mean, it's, it's really, it's sad, quite, quite frankly. And, it, it, you know, it's, it really is. It, it is. And, and, and I would contend that part of the problem with the National Football League and black coaches is because of the lack of head coaches at the FBS level. With that, are, are, do you feel like you were slighted at not being a head coach at an FBS school? Well, let me start by saying this, and I get into it. As me and my wife always say, what God has for you, he has for you. Okay? And what God has for me, he had. But do I think I could have done an outstanding job? Of course. You know, I've coached at that level for 24 years, and even when I was assistant coach, I thought I could do it just as good, if not better, than a lot of the guys that had those jobs, but we wasn't given those opportunities. And, you know, and that's the other reason those black kids need to start considering going to it. Now, you can – Go there and you can play your butt off for them. But me getting a job at North Carolina as head coach is zero. Chances are zero. And I could be the best qualified player they have. I mean, uh, Canada they have. But, you know, they're going to hire a black guys football coach there, just like they're not going to hire a black football coach at Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, and all those other places around the country. You know, but uh, is it fair? No, it's not fair. Is it wrong? It's definitely wrong. And that's why these young black kids and the pastors start looking at some of these things because they're used to the use you up and then they'll move on and they'll say thank you, goodbye. And that's it. You know, and hopefully you got to ring the tape with these what they're saying. But uh, it's a, it's a, it's not a fair business, Donna, because there's a lot of people. If you look back, you know, you look at people like Joe Taylor, yeah. you know, you look at people, um, you know, Joe Taylor could have uh, done, a, done an excellent job there. He had the organization, the skills, and all that. You look, well, Coach Jeffries had an opportunity. But then you look at young guys, you know, like Cornell Maynard. You look at guys like uh, um, guy, uh, Brian Jenkins when he was at um, Bethune Cookman. Uh, but he ended up going to Alabama State, Alabama State and didn't do quite as well. But, you know, there's a lot of those guys given an opportunity can be successful because you have so many more resources that's available to you. You know, and the difference, and I say this all the time, Alabama gets who they want. We get people nobody wants. And we got to win with them. Now, that's a big difference. You, you're going against the whole world against the top players in the world, and we're going to get guys that nobody else wants. Who job do you think is harder? Rod Broadway keeping it all the way real here back in October. Also in October, talked with Indianapolis Colts defensive tackle Grover Stewart on the program. Formerly a player at Albany State is playing some good football for the Colts. Is it a situation where, you know, you put the work in in the offseason with your body and then Baker kind of comes in and all of those things have enabled you to sort of really take your game uh, to another level I mean your I mean your play even from last year which was good to this year is much improved yes sir so like that's 
really on me too though. Like I want to be like the best, so I want to get better each season. Like that's my focus to be better than I was last year. And uh, Bate came in and then he sharpened up everything with like my technique. So I want to say like that's a big part of him coaching me and like help me read the keys and make plays. So. Yep, Grover Stewart joins us here on the program. Oh, you know, you went to Albany State, played four years there. Mike White recruited you. He played in the league, so he knew, you know, what was happening when he went out and got you. You know, what do you remember most about those days at Albany State? Man, I remember Coach, he used to always be on me. Like, Coach, he used to, like, we was in meetings one morning. We was in meeting around 5, like 5.30. And, like, he told me, he was like, Grover, you one of the best D-line that done came through here in a decade. And, like, for him to stop in the, the middle of the film, film and tell me that, like, it meant a lot, and it meant that he seen something in me. And, like, I just used to always push myself or he pushed me. Like, he was real hard on me. So Yeah, and you you appreciated that, right? Because here's a man that played, that had experience, not only played in the National Football League, but was where you were some years ago as a top defensive line in the SIAC at Albany State. Yes, sir. So, like, I really got a lot from him because he's seen something in me and, like, he already knew what it takes to get there. So, what, what was that transition like for you? I can't remember. Now, did you – were you in the – I think you did do the combine, correct? No, sir, I didn't. Okay. But, you, I mean, you. I know you maybe – yeah, okay, you did not do the NFL combine, but still, again, a fourth-round pick, that that speaks even more volumes uh, because, you know, maybe you didn't have the exposure that you deserve. But what was the first year like for you with the Colts making that transition from Albany State to the National Football League and with the Colts? So, like, I want to say, like, the biggest thing for me was the technique. Like, everybody had, like, great technique when I was coming. I was like, man, how this guy doing this and doing that, making it look so easy. And, like, me, I was like a mauler guy, so I just wanted to get out the ball and beat somebody down, get out the ball and beat somebody down without technique. But they say, man, if you have technique, you'll be a way better player than you already are, so. I want to say technique, the speed of the game, it changed a little bit, but it wasn't much. Wow. No, that's 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 uh, that's saying something. So, um tell us how did you ultimately end up at Albany State? You you were slated to go was it the University of Georgia? I mean, I had letters from there, but um Albany they just offered me like a full scholarship. I was already like behind the ball and like when, like, the D1 schools or the big schools see that I haven't took the test or didn't have the test scores, they backed away from me, and I've been in state state with me, and it was a school right down the road, so. Grover Stewart, lastly, in the month of October, joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer, host of Good Morning America, host of Fox NFL Sunday, the one and only Michael Strahan. Hey, man. I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm busy, but I'm good. Busy is good, especially in these times that we live in right now. So I'm happy I'm here talking to you. Absolutely. We're, 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 the pleasure is ours. How do you do all this? Like family time, right? How do you, how do you, family time, GMA, 
a hundred thousand dollar pyramid. For, oh, I'm excuse me, Fox NFL Sunday. Like I'm, I've forgotten all the things that you that you do. How do you do it all? You know what? The crazy thing is, I forget it too. That's what helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I don't do anything I'm not interested in. I don't do anything that's not fun. I don't do anything that I wake up and go, oh, I really don't. I really oh, I don't feel like it. Like everything I do is exciting. So I just kind of wake up and do it. And doing GMA, it gives me time to at least get home. And, you know, I got one, one I have twins. They're totally they're separate schools. So I got one who's upstairs right now doing virtual i got one who actually goes to school physically so it, it this has you know been a different time because it has given me more time with the family but at the same time i have been very fortunate to have a great job that i love to do and i just wake up and do it i have a great team of people who make sure i'm where i need to be and that everything runs smoothly so i'm, I'm lucky in all ways texas southern got it i mean like can't not we're not and cannot have you on without talking about Texas Southern, <laughs> cannot. So how did you ultimately end up at Texas Southern? Well, you know what? My, my, I grew up in Germany. I'm from Houston. Grew up in Germany. When I was a senior in high school, my dad said, I'm going to send you to stay with your uncle in Houston and get a football scholarship. So I went to Houston. I played at Westbury High School for one year. And I was in Houston. Westbury was probably the only school that saw me play. I mean, the Texas Southern was probably the only school that saw me play being right there in Houston and being a local boy. And Coach Walter Highsmith, um, I went over to see him, and he offered me a scholarship. And I guess the rest is history. But it was it was it was perfect. It was perfect for me, man, to go to the HBCU, to go to Texas Southern. The size of the school, the education they gave me, not just in the classroom, but about life. It was. I would have been swallowed up at another school. I wouldn't have felt as if I really could have made a difference or had a real purpose of being there. But at Texas Southern, I always felt like I could make a difference and I had a purpose. And they, and I always felt comfortable there. And now my buddy, I got a shout out to my, my man, Deion Sanders, who's taking over head coach of Jackson State. He just sent me some Jackson State swag and I put on the hat. I know. And I know there's, you know, rivalry. I'm just proud of him for going to HBCU and like literally being behind all the things that, that he says and this whole movement of trying to, you know, bring more light to the HBCU experience and he's behind that. But I put on my Jackson State hat and sent him a picture yesterday saying, how do I have more swag and look better than Jackson State stuff than you do, Dion? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I am proud of my HBCUs, man. Uh, we definitely need them and, and they are backbone of our community. Michael, we appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. You too. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be what fourteen years. You get to <laughs> You knew me. Oh, you knew about that. They 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 made sure you knew about that. Man, you know what is good, and and, and uh, you're encouraging people um, to, to be better and do better, and and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. Rounding out the month of October, Michael Strahan. Let's move on to the month of November. Chase Elliott won his first NASCAR Cup Series championship in November, came on to talk with us about it right here on Botch to Row. Yeah, it's been a, yeah, I mean, everything I could ever ask for and, and then some. Uh, it's been an amazing experience. Really, everything about the whole thing uh, is all very new to me, but I've been enjoying all of the things that have come along with it so far and uh, certainly going to enjoy it. You know, we, we don't get a, a super long off season, but 
first time I've, I've ever, in, you know, ended a year and ended it like we want to. Um, it, it's never that way if you didn't win. So, yeah, you have to enjoy that, I feel like, and um, we certainly intend to do that. Chase Elliott winning his first NASCAR Cup Series championship at a young age. Speaking of winning at a young age, Will Smith of the L.A. Dodgers also just 25 years old winning the championship with the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, you know, ever since I got drafted in 2016 by them out of college, I, you know, the the big main goal was to win a World Series and that, you know, that being part of the Dodgers organization, that's what they were chasing, you know. Even when I was in single A, it was the main goal is, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get called up to the big leagues, but the main goal is winning a World win a World Series for our fans and bring one back to LA and and yeah, to be to be a part of this team this year and you know, win it all for the first time in 32 years, it's it's special for all Dodgers fans and it's special for me. Dodgers catcher Will Smith. Let's step aside, take a break, come back. We'll wrap up the month of November and get into December on the other side. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Robert Covington with the Portland Trailblazers. What was it like playing with James Harden? How can I say? People seeing how, how uh, he had the ball in his hands the majority of the time. You know, we just had to you know, play off of him and, and you know, just kind of keep everything, keep everything together. Yeah. Kind of keep everything together. You know, it, was a, it was a unique situation with him and Russ. And, you know, all the pieces were small ball, so there was a lot of different dynamics that played into it. It was very successful for us for a while, but, you know, the team started to catch on to it. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. The best and brightest are with us every week from the press box to press row. But don't take our word for it. Sit back and enjoy more of our look on the air with Donald Ware. Also joining us in November, the House Majority Whip, James Clyburn. And, you know, we talked obviously seriously, but I also talked with him, kept it light. And we talked a little sports also here on the program. Yes, I played football, uh, bas- uh, baseball, and I played golf every weekend. Played Saturday, played Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. Believe it or not, I'm over Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yes, the the Steelers are nine and zero. They're getting it done. When I was a young guy, though, my uh, it was Baltimore Colts. Uh, when they left me in Indianapolis, I I left them. The majority whip, keeping it real, even when it comes to talking. Sports keeping in the month of November, which was a busy month. Former North Carolina A and T left tackle now tackle with the Raiders. Brandon Parker joined us on the program. Take us back to that man. Like that was pretty cool when you proposed. Yeah, so it was before the game. Uh, so it was senior, when there was announcing all the seniors and their families, you know, I had spoke to Broadway prior to about a month and a half or so prior because I knew I was going to propose and she was the one. You know, actually, I do it on senior night. I mean, senior day, whatever, central. I made sure, you know, I was go last. Not to take away the shine from anybody. And got in on me and popped the question, and here we are. Yeah, yeah no question. Did, uh, did you, you, what did Coach Broadway say to you when you asked him that? Uh, he just was like, uh, 
you know, first of all, he was excited, you know, like, oh, man, you think she's the one? I said, yes, sir, I do. You know, I know she's the one. And, you know, I want to make it right before I, you know, possibly go into the league. And, you know, the rest of my life, I know she's the one who needs to be by my side. And he said, you know, actually, I had the ring yet. I told him I was going to get it and, you know, got it. And he said, I just started talking to the right people and made it happen. Describe the season. Maybe, you know, uh, I mean, you had the great game against Cleveland. Not seeing as much playing time as you've seen, you know, your first two years in the league. Uh, yeah, so I just um, really just, you know, need to develop a little bit more and continue to develop as I play. And, you know, you got to give credit to the guys in front of me because, you know, they earned it and they were playing well. And, you know, I was just waiting for my opportunity. And whenever I got a chance to test the field, I just tried to hold up the weight and make sure I didn't let the team down. So, I, you know, you got y'all, you, not so much that I was doing bad, but just guys were doing better at the time. Yeah, I mean, you you have a great attitude about it, no question about it. But was it difficult at times this year to know that you started eleven games in your first year and started three games uh, last year, and then not not playing as much this year? Uh, it, it was a little different, yeah, because uh, you know, it's you go from being the guy to being a usable guy, then to just being just a guy. So you know. It, it definitely motivates you. So when you do get the opportunity, you treat it, you know, you treasure it a lot more because you, as you can see, you never know when you're, this is going to be the last opportunity to play. So, you know, you just you take every step you can and treat every play like it's your last. Brandon Parker joins us here in the program. What do you remember most about your days at North Carolina A&T? Man, just, just the overall family experience, you know. Uh, A&T is family, man. That's really the way to put it, from football to the, the faculty to the students to, you know, just that overall feeling of happy pride you get whenever you step foot on campus, man. That's To this day, I still miss that sometimes, man. And that's, it's just hard to describe, but you, when you're there, you know what it is and you feel it. Yeah, now it was your block going back to 2016 that sprung Tariq Cohen uh, when he made that 63-yard touchdown run uh, to become the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history. He rushed ultimately for over 5,000 yards. Uh, what about that? Can you can you take us back to that and that that block that you made that allowed for him to have uh, that run right over uh, where your guy would have been? Shoot, man, I uh, I want to say I think that was a double team block. So I mean, I just what I remember, me and Josh knew that we got the play call. We knew what was about to happen, and just started to come smoking off the ball like we always do in clear path, and let Tariq do the rest <laughs> as he's known for. You know, he only needs a into space and he's going to make a yard of a, an impact. So, you know, it was great blocking for a guy like him. Yeah. Have you guys seen each I don't know, have have the Raiders and, and, and the Bears gotten together? We have. So we played them last year in London. Um, I got a chance. I didn't get a chance to see them before the game, after the game. I think uh, he might have been upset or something. Uh, I just, you know, by the time <laughs> I got out there to the field, I was inactive. So by the time I got to the field, he was gone. So I'm I ain't hold it against him. I'll get his jersey. Like I'll, you know, I'll see him on campus or something. So we're fine. I like how you said. I guess he was upset or something. <laughs> I like how you tried to sneak that in real quick, man. Man, we won. I don't know what's going through his mind. So you know, that's my brother. I ain't never going to hate him off any action. So I just, I'll see him when I see him. Raiders offensive tackle Brandon Parker also joining us in November. And lastly, for November. The head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State, Kevin Keats, talked with him about a number of different things, including recruiting. Well, it's my foundation. Um, I learned so much at Hargrave. Um, I learned how to run a program. I learned how to call a timeout. I learned how to draw a play up. And at that time, I did it. And if you made a mistake, nobody cared about it um, because we were talented. I learned how to recruit. 
and build a lot of relationships um, throughout the, the country. And that's been a good thing for us and a big positive thing. Uh, we've been able to, you know, recruit the state of North Carolina, which I feel like is um, one of the best states for high school basketball. Um, it's tremendous coaches in the state and also, um, you know, obviously AAU and high school coaches. When you look at our recruiting class this year that we just signed, uh, we've got two guys who are coming from the state who are really good basketball player, and Tequavion Smith and then Breon Pass. And then we were able to go into Florida um, and get a really, really, really good player um, who um, Ernest is going to be really good for us. He's talented, um, knows how to play. He's a 4-3 uh, more. You know, We're going to play him more as a three-man, a small forward if we can. But those relationships that I build at the Hargrave has allowed me to be able to um, grow as a coach in many different ways. And then as I moved along in my career, I would add some stuff and take some stuff away and then kind of, you know, kind of develop what you see as your system. North Carolina State head men's basketball coach Kevin Keats moving to our last month in December. A couple of weeks ago, had a chance to catch up with North Carolina Central head men's basketball coach Lavelle Moten. And if you remember this conversation, you know that he is more than just a coach. Yeah, grow, well, growing up, man, I, I, you know, obviously to people who know, they know me, but to, to I'm not going to assume everyone does, and people who don't know me, um, they know I'm from the Lane Street Housing Projects in, in Raleigh, and I lived um, over half my life in those projects, so I understand the difficulties, the challenges, and everything that people face. And I've always been a historian. I understand I was a teacher before I was a basketball coach in middle school, and then I um, gravitated to high school, and then I ended up in college. But one thing when I was young, you know, we always had issues, right? And I, I just, I connected it. I said, man, there's a direct line of between poverty and pain, right? It's a, di it's a direct correlation between poverty and pain. In any battle that presents itself, you'll just be fighting a different battle every month, but it's always going to be a battle, and it's always affecting those low-income communities. So I sat back and I kind of watched this gentrification thing happen, and it was happening across the country, particularly in um, my city in Raleigh, and I said, man, it's crazy because everyone comes in doing gentrification, and they profit except for the people that endured the pain and the challenges. And I said, that that don't that don't make sense. So now all of a sudden these neighborhoods that no one considered to have any value, if any at all, now all of a sudden they're valued at half a million dollars. And this, there's million-dollar homes over. So my partners um, and I, we founded uh, a development company. I said, Raleigh Ray's Development. And I said, man, I want to be a part of, you know, the community where we're going to, develop um, and redevelop these communities and if we're going to do it, let it be us and then if anyone is going to profit let it be us and our people and now we can put this money back into the community and that community, that community can circulate and now we can build economic growth for not only ourselves and others and we established that in July and then this, this enormous project came with John Kane um, and everyone pretty much knows him, he's one of the top, if not the top developer in the state of North Carolina, particularly the Raleigh area, and they're talking about this $2.2 billion soccer stadium and everything that's going to be associated with that, and they approached us. And they said, would you guys like to join because we, we want you to be the minority participation. 
And I just basically told them, sure, but it has to be under disregard. It has to be some community benefits for the people that look like me and the people within these communities. And that got to go through workforce development programs. That has to be jobs that's insured, not for one or two years, but in perpetuity, right? And there has to be benefit packages, and there has to be a foundation where we are amplifying what we're already doing within the community so we can allow our people to grow economically, um, create generational wealth for themselves, grow uh, educationally, and just move this thing along because no one is ever. Go- I just feel like this. I hate to be so blunt, but black people is always going to have problems until we have the opportunity to own stuff, right? And so I see it from a different perspective. But I know through ownership, you have the ability to change things, and through ownership, you don't have to depend on others to do anything for you. And I think that's our primary problem. And again, the historian to me, in 1963, Martin Luther King wa- marched on Washington. And the premise of that march was jobs, justice, and ownership. Well, here we are in 2020, and we could march on Washington, and the same premise would be jobs, justice, and ownership. So if we're going to change anything that systemically placed us in these positions, I think it has to be a plan that will systemically get us out. And the only way I know how, and I'm not pretending to be the smartest guy or the know-it-all, but the only way I know how is through economic growth, through education, and through ownership. And so that's kind of the summary of what Raleigh Raised is about. And, um, you know, I look forward to working with this project in our community to enhance the quality of life of others. North Carolina Central's Lavelle Moten finally, last week, had a chance to catch up with Robert Covington now with the Portland Trailblazers. The former Tennessee State star had a lot to say on box to row you know initially me and the coach uh coach penny talked about it months ago um and we talked about something that would be a game changer for the program not only for the program but for me as well you know something i can leave my legacy on and you know i've i've left my imprint on tsu i can walk around the campus and you know a lot of people know who i am so you know for me to be that threshold um to leave my mark you know, it, it's just something that the the team needed. You know, because being HBCU, our junior super team, it's a lot going on at once. Yeah. It's a lot going on at once. So, for me, doing that, it gives the basketball team time to really, you know, really focus. Because, like I said, it'd be a lot of times there's a lot going on at once. You got classes, you got basketball, you got track, you got sometimes base football in there. Like, the volleyball team could be in there some days. Like, it's a lot of different things that could go apart. And so, you know, just for them to have that and just strictly be for basketball, like, it'd be, it's phenomenal because then, you know, it's, it'd be times where sometimes the floor is covered or the rims are down. But if you have a, a arena, a facility that, you know, you can go in and do all that, man, what, like, what more need to be said? Yeah, no, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. Last thought, what do you remember most? I mean, I remember, you know, you talked about it before in this show, didn't have any scholarship offers other than to uh, Tennessee State uh, out of Illinois. So w- what do you remember most about those days at TSU? Uh, the battles, the conditioning, <laughs> just the prep for everything. You know, my first three years was phenomenal. I had a great um, I had a great time. My senior year was a uh, a whirlwind of things. 
Um, but I mean, my time there was was nothing short of amazing. Hope you enjoyed our 2020 year-end review show. As of course, today is the last day for our year-end review show. We're gonna pick things back up next week as regularly scheduled. Before we get out of here, we want to make mention of all of our stations that carry from the press box to press row. In Alabama, you can hear us on WXVI out of Montgomery. In Arkansas, KUAP out of Pine Bluff also covers Little Rock, Arkansas. In Florida, in Jacksonville on Jack Sports Radio, 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Out of Daytona Beach on WE. L-E, out of Tallahassee on WTAL and out of Tampa on WURK 96.3 FM. In Georgia, on in Albany on WASU 92.7 FM. In the Savannah, Brunswick, and, and Blackshear, Georgia area, ESPN Coastal carries the program In Louisiana, KTTP out of Alexandria, Louisiana. In Grambling on KGRM in Ruston and Monroe, Louisiana. On Sports Talk 97.7 and also in Ruston, KRUS 96.3 FM. Also in Ada Baina, Mississippi on WVSD in Jackson, Mississippi. WJSD. You out of Lorman, Mississippi, WPRL, and out of the Holly Springs and Memphis, Tennessee area, WKRA 92.7 FM, The Change. In North Carolina, Buzz Sports Radio in Durham and Raleigh, WRVS in Elizabeth City, also covering Northeastern North Carolina as well as Hampton Roads, Virginia. In Fair Bluff, North Carolina, WQTM 103.7 FM. Also in Raleigh, Hot 97.9 FM as well. In Ohio, WCSU out of Dayton. In Oklahoma, KALU in Langston. In Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh on WGBN Power 1360. South Carolina, the Denmark, South Carolina area, Denmark, And in Orangeburg, South Carolina, WVCD 96.5 FM. Also in South Carolina, Hilton Head, South Carolina on ESPN Coastal. In Tennessee, out of Nashville on WFSK. has been carrying the program since 2009. How about shots out to Bronco Eye Radio out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. And also to Big Game Christian Sports Network, out of Dallas. Also carrying the program is MySoulRadio.com. Satellite Radio on Sirius XM, Channel 141, HR Voices, Sirius XM, Channel 142, HBCU. And ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM carries the program. Listen, happy 2021. No question about it, 2020, a very difficult year 2021 promises to be better i just want you guys to continue to be safe if you don't know jesus christ get to know him we just celebrated 
his birthday. So get to know him in the year 2021. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Little press box to press row is coming. presented by DW tap, Communications. Diamonds dancing on your net, better tap in. Tap, tap, tap in. Getting money, get rich, baby, tap in. Tap, tap, tap in. 